cultivating jhanas and cultivating samadhi as a precursor to to uh, vipassana. The, the metaphor that that came up for me was I felt like I was in a in a boat. I was in a rowboat. I was a row. I was you know using the handle and rowing and rowing to towards the shore of freedom, towards the shore of more ease in my life, seeing the patterns along the way. And then when I kind of stopped and got on the side and built a motor, built this sophisticated, complicated motor called samadhi, took a while. And then I put it on my boat and then I was like, Rawr! right? So that's the feeling I had. Like, wow, this is... It was worth the time to kind of build this motor. Um, and both are great. Both ways of practice. I love both ways of practicing. Both will you'll get to the other shore of, you know, liberate, you know, the other shore of seeing the patterns and more freedom in your lives. And if you're, if you are drawn to curious about, oh, what's this samatha thing about this samadhi, then, hey, here you are. Explore how you would build up a motor, Right? So, let's see if anything else I want to say. Oh, another thing I want to say is, um, yeah, so I want to emphasize a little more about, um, so why practice samatha? I think I've already explained it a little bit, you know, this with this analogy of the, of the uh, the motor, because it can really, really support the practice, um, and also in and of itself. Um, and another, actually, another um, simile that that I came up with uh, one day was it's a sense of again, if you're trying to practice vipassana, or it's like sometimes it's like having an un, unstable binoculars, right? And if you establish settling settling your mind samatha samadhi, it's like oh you get you get a like a tripod and you can just really put the binoculars on that oh wow you see a lot more and you see a lot more clearly without much effort to balance it. Um, and another thing that I would like to say is, no matter how much. Um, your mind um, becomes calm and becomes unified and develops a state of samadhi, right? There could be a little bit, there could be a lot, depending on where you are this weekend, where you are in your life, right? There could be a lot of distractions, a lot of difficulty where it might be like, ah, your mind will, at this time, will take to it like a fish in water. It doesn't matter without a judgment to yourself. You will be in a different place at different times. And whatever this weekend your situation is, embrace that. You know, I've I've done retreats in the past where, you know, I had gone through a lot of difficulty and a really, really busy time and just it, you know, took a long time for my mind to settle, like days. Um and then there was another time other times that Oh, which is mine was like, okay, this is great. I'm just ready to let go of everything and just be like, uh, uni- get unified and respect whatever is happening. Respect that. And here's what I would like to say. 
whatever the situation is for you and how, however much uh, samadhi is cultivated, we're really also cultivating the tools this weekend. The tools are just as important because the, the tools are what you're going to take home, not the state. The state is going to disappear in a few days, I promise. You're not going to take it. You're not, you can't hold on to it. Okay, because it's, it's fabricated of causes and conditions. But it's really the tools you're going to be taking home. That's one. And then the second thing that I really want to emphasize is um, you will learn so much from the process. Um, and, and at the beginning, the process, the, the cultivation of um, samadhi could feel like, you know, if you're going surfing and you kind of, uh, there is a, there is surf. There, at first, there's surf, and you get you get turned back. There's surf, you get turned back. There's surf, like oh my god, like he keep hitting the surf. But you learn so much. You learn patience. You learn a lot about your your mind. What are the surfs that keep coming? You get to be patient with them, work with them, love them, not be scared by them anymore. You learn so much. That might even be worth more than the than the, the juicy bliss at the end, but like you learn so much about the process. You learn so much about the process. Um, that cultivation is so juicy in and of itself. And if there is breaking through to the other side for just a little bit, like riding the waves, like, ah, this is sweet. And then they could be going through the surf again. So embrace all of that. Embrace all of that as a part of your practice this weekend. It's not just about past the surf, that's where I want to be, that's where it's at. No, that's fun too, but there's so much in this zone to learn about yourself, about your mind, um, and how to work with it, and how to skillfully be with it, befriend it, love it. Okay? So I'd like to pause... And open it up for any questions before we take a break and then dive in, please. And wait for the mic if you would, right behind you. Yeah. Hi. Hi. I'd appreciate a definition of mind because uh-huh. as you were describing unifying it, gathering it, I was thinking of monkey mind. Yeah. And then you said protect, uh-huh. protected mind. And yeah. I thought, wait a minute, why would I be trying to protect it? It's what's causing all the trouble. Uh-huh. So I guess I'm not understanding what you're, you're calling yeah. mind. Right, right, right. Yeah. I appreciate the question. And, um, and in order to do that question really justice... It would be an entire few days to talk about the mind, what, what is mind. You can also tap into consciousness, you can need to tap into... So it's, it's, it's a bigger question than you realize. <laughs> so, um, so, but what I would say in, in, this, in a practical, um, simple way is, you know, um, actually working with what you said yourself is... For you, mind is what's creating all the trouble. It's the monkey mind. Actually, I would take the word, I would question that, and I would say that actually, mind is not creating all the trouble. Mind is, um, is, is um, 
you know, the word monkey in front in front of the mind is creating the trouble. The mind is actually this this um, this is 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 allowing you to perceive, allowing you to think, allowing you to be, allowing you to be aware. It's this. Think of it as as I don't want to say an organ because that makes it almost sound like physiological. Because mind is also see this is where it gets problematic because mind is is even though mind is embodied, but mind is relational. And also there is so much affecting your mind right now from everything that is happening. So there's so many dimensions to what the mind is and how it, it operates. But um, that sounds so confusing, what I just said. Um, okay, how can I simplify this without getting um, into... <laughs> My friend Cliff is laughing because he knows where I'm going with the yeah the four C's of the, how his mind is defined with the, the new... I know... It's what is it? The Caesar, the the four E's, yeah. The, uh, well, what is it is that's being gathered? Yeah, or being unified. Okay, let's let's talk. Good, good. Let's 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 simplify, Kogari. <laughs> so, so um, that's a better way to go about. It. Okay, let's 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 limit it. So, um, Let's work with the idea. So as I as I tune in, what is being gathered, what is being unified, is really this the sense of your attention, your awareness, that is not kind of running away, is not flighty anymore. So that that's what I would bring your attention to because our our attention, maybe it's training your attention. Let's you know, we can kind of simplify it maybe a little bit for now. It's because um, our attention tends if it's not it, when our attention is not trained, it, it can fly, you know, like a monkey mind, like here and it's there, and we don't even know where it is, right? It's it's flying all over the place. But when actually the attention is trained, it can become a lot more steady. So I'm going to use that as a synonym. Does that work for you? Is that okay? Okay. If it's okay for now. So, oh, so here's, I would invite you to have a much, uh, great, great, okay, so here's, I, I hear the, the, the discrepancy, okay, so, so I invite you to have a much bigger view of the mind, not as something that's the enemy, so, so mind is much greater, um, and has many, many aspects to it, both embodiment and, and cultural context, etc., etc., what you're talking about is just the attention, is the tension that's like being pulled away and being hijacked. And so can we make that distinction? Great. Okay. Whew, we made it there. <laughs> okay. Any other questions? Daryl? So oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> One. Mm. There was another hand over here, too. Can I ask two quick questions? Sure. And then maybe sure. if it goes really quickly, it does go quickly, I have one sure. other one. Um, you said there were two types of vipassana. Vipassana. Vipassana, that's my vipassana. Yeah, yeah. Um, dry yeah. and? Uh, um, it, uh, they don't really call it wet, but, you know, it's just like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's juicy. It's the one that has jhanas and then vipassana. You, you developed your, so you oh, can call it wet. Um, I think might be wet is what's referred okay. to it, but yeah. And 
the etymology of vipassana like if you break down the word like you did samatha samatha yeah um I have it. I don't have it off the top of my head. I'll look it up for you and share it with you later. I have it. Vip, vip is uh, uh, something like that. Inside penetrate. I think that's the word. Yeah, it's basically comes down to inside. But I don't have the pieces. I'll, I'll, that I will okay. find for you. I have it somewhere in my notes. All right. Since those went quickly, can I ask one more? Okay, sure. Um, uh, I um, so if I take this idea of serial monogamy uh-huh. and um, absolute monogamy. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have a state of mind that's not uh, uh, that's not captured by that. So, um, what have you? Uh, so, in the stillness. Yeah. Um, and you notice your breath or your body sensations, and then you weave that. Like you, you, you notice that within the stillness, and it's then. One thing. So, I'm not just concentrating on my breath, and I'm not moving around to different uh-huh. phenomena. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I am experiencing the whole thing mm-hmm. at once. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't, to me, fit into either of the definitions. Mm-hmm. It does, actually. So, so... And what you describe, actually, there are two different types of samadhi, which is just being with the object. Because what you're describing is you're being just with your breath. Mm-hmm. Just, you're not, in what you just described, you're, so that is practicing samatha, just being with one object. But it's not the single focus. It's more like, it, there are two different also ways of experiencing uh, states of samatha. One is more single mm-hmm. focused, mm-hmm. that we'll talk about, and that is... And, and then the other one is kind of a little more open, Great. Which, which is parallel to what um, I've shared before about two modes of vipassana, which is one is kind of like, ah, or actually two modes of uh, mindfulness, two, mo- two, mo- two modes of sati, to be specific, sati being the factor. So it's, it's kind of like the open right. and kind of more focused, razor sharp. So that's kind of similar I think I would say mm-hmm. to Thank you. Samata. Yeah, you're welcome. There was one hand over here, and then we'll take a break. Yes, please. Yeah. So I guess um, I'll just quickly preface this question by sharing with the group that I've only meditated probably five minutes under dress at the uh-huh. end of my yoga practice. Uh-huh. Um, so this may be off the mark, but it would just help me situate myself sure. um, a little bit with these definitions. Um, so I guess a question that I have, um, one of the reasons I was interested in this practice is yeah. because um, there's a scientific research topic that I'm working on mm-hmm. um, I'm an experimental physicist, mm-hmm. and I'd like to gather my thoughts, I guess, mm-hmm. on this class uh-huh. of new materials right. that I've been working on. And I guess my question for you is that, yeah. is this a situation, I guess this practice, either one of them, yeah. is it a situation where I can gather my thoughts on something, basically, directed topic, or is it more an exploration of mind that we were talking ah, about? Right, I guess I'm wondering if this is too Specific. I see. Okay. Um, so yeah. that's a really good question. So basically the way I would translate what you asked is, is the exploration that we're doing, is that transferable? 
uh, is the the way that the training of the attention is it transferable to other tasks? Yeah, that's what you're asking. A lot, yes, sure. Yes, the answer is yes. There is something special about meditation. It turns out not true about playing video games. (laughs) It turns the research shows, um, or research suggests that. that there's something unique about training attention in meditation that is transferable. Does that help answer that question? Yeah. So, so by 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 actually calming your mind, as we'll do to the, we haven't got to the practice yet. I'm biting, you know, I can't wait to kind of like get into it after the break. But it's. Um, you will see the mind, you see for yourself, you don't have to take my word for it, your mind will become so calm and then you start to think about something and it'll just be like, I'll just be on it. I'll just be without distracting and without like, it'll just be like a steadiness. And in fact, I have a a dear friend um, who's a professor and she says that she basically used her practice of meditation in order to like super calm her mind to really focus on her research and on her studies and that's how she got her PhD. Okay. Hi, hi Bar. <laughs> so okay. So it's eleven thirty four and this is the only break today I'll have as a talking break. So and then the rest of the breaks, will I'll invite you to be in silence. But here we're getting into it, and then after we come back, I would um, speak about and guide you through the setting up of the pre-required, like kind of like what is needed in order to have the the attitude, the the the, the tools uh, for practicing samatha. We we'll kind of get into it together. And if there are any questions, you can come up. So let's come back at a quarter to 12. That'll give us... Actually, wait. There's some... This is not the same... Wait, my time is different from that time. Okay, that's that's a problem. Um, so, that's right. I know, but that is 11.33 and a half. Um, terrific. So let's make it 15 minutes. So I would... In 15, actually, uh, ring it in 10 so that we're back here by 15. Okay. Is that clear? Which means 11.35, is when we'll restart the next session. Thank you. Oh, lunchtime, it'll probably be, let me see, um, uh, around, I think, between 12... I think around 12.45 is my guess. We'll see how that goes. Could be one, could be a little earlier, but somewhere around that time.
Okay, welcome back. And if you would be so kind as to close the door. Thank you. Great. So, um, to follow up on a question that Daryl asked earlier about Vipassana, so in case other people are curious also, there is the Sanskrit prefix V um, and the verbal root Pa, which is often translated as insight or clear seeing. Um, but also, um, if if V and Vipassana could be could mean as see into or see through or see in a special vi- special way, um, and an or V can be translated as uh, to function as an intensive. Um, so that the meaning of the word vipassana could be seeing deeply. But however you translate it, seeing deeply, inside clear seeing, seeing in a special way, what vipassana in this practice really applies to is seeing the three characteristics of Phenomena, three characteristics of reality. And many of you go, what the heck are the three characteristics? So very briefly, in Pali there are anicca, dukkha, anatta. Anicca is impermanence. So seeing the impermanence, impermanent nature of phenomena, things arise and pass away. Things come and go. This, this moment, come, gone. This word, come, gone. This morning, Come gone. Whatever emotions you had a moment ago this morning when you woke up, come gone. Impermanent nature, na- nature phenomena. Okay, so anicca, dukkha, unsatisfactoriness, that things inherently by their nature are not deeply inherently satisfying forever. They can be satisfying for a while, but according to rule number one, impermanence, things keep changing. You can be enjoying eating ice cream, it's lovely, but if but if you keep eating and eating and eating, at some point you get a headache or your stomachache and it'll become unpleasant. And not inherently satisfying forever. The nature of it keeps changing. Anicca, dukkha, was the unsatisfactoriness, and anatta. In, uh, anatta translated as not-self or impersonality or um, or no permanent self that that and and so many different ways to s- translate that but basically that characteristic has to do with seeing that even though you exist you have an address you're a person but it's really this you your mind your body everything your experience is made up is of lots of causes and conditions it's constructed it's constructed so Again, we can spend days and days talking about anatta, not self. But vipassana, the practice of vipassana relates to seeing these three characteristics of existence. As you're listening, as you're paying attention to a sound or a pain, as you, the the more you pay attention to, the more you will see the impermanent nature of it, and the other two will open up, etc. Okay, that was a really quick uh, um, dump of, of Vipassana because some people wonder, okay, so what's Vipassana anyway? How does it differ from Samatha? And anyway, if that was kind of your, your mind is going like, whoa, let it go. 
you don't need it for the rest of the day. But if you had been wondering about the difference, that it is, there it is. I can talk you talk tell you more about it. But anyway, you don't need to understand all the details of what I just said. But it's just a placeholder for those who were curious. Anyway, so what I would really like to turn our attention to is practicing now. Practicing. So so what I would like to do with the practice of of collecting the mind, settling the mind, calming the mind, practicing samatha, there are 40 different objects for collecting the mind, for doing that that absolute monogamy thing I talked about, there are 40 different objects you can get married to or your your attention can get married to. Okay. Breath is just one of them. But breath turns out to be the most accessible for most people. So that's what we're going to be using this weekend. Okay. But I do mention that there are many, many other other objects. For example, if you've practiced metta or loving kindness or compassion practice, may you be happy, may you be well, etc. That's another object. Those good wishes for yourself or for others. Metta is another samadhi practice, another concentration practice. Okay? Just so you know. There are many, many other ones too, but for this weekend, we're going to be using anapanasati, which is mindfulness of the breath. Okay? Questions? Complaints? Yes. Please. And if you would, might make it easier for hearing and also recording. Thank you. So my question is, I guess, about distraction. So I get my mind in unity and then... I feel like the more I let go, uh-huh. then all of a sudden, um, what I've let go of is now trying to pull harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll get to that. I think you're one step ahead of okay. me because I haven't quite gotten to to the setup and giving the instructions. So can I ask you to hold on to that question? And if when it becomes when if you notice that in your practice again it's a lie for you ask me again is that okay sure perfect okay all right so so what i like so given that we'll be working with the breath so um what i like to do today and this afternoon and what's even more important really um, than just doing it, than ju- just jumping in and doing this practice, is actually having the right attitude, getting ourselves ready for doing it. It's so much more important because if you just jump in and start to do it, it's like you kind of you could get entangled. But by preparing ourselves with different, by with various principles, preparatory principles, then. Ah, it can glide more easily. So to, so right now, this afternoon, I will be working and concentrating, there's that word, working with um, what I found, the, um, the seven principles I found to actually be conducive 
to developing samatha, the seven principles, okay? And the way I would like to do that, actually, is not to blah, 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 talk about them and then lead you through, is actually the other way around. We're going to do a guided meditation together. And during this guided meditation, which could be slightly on the longer side, I will introduce, we'll see how it goes. I might introduce four of them or seven of them. We'll see how I'll kind of pace it, um, kind of read the energy in the room, right? And what I ask you is, if you're sitting and if you start to feel sleepy because my voice is calming and soporific and puts you to sleep, please stand up. Take care of yourself. Stand up, do standing meditation. There is nothing wrong with doing standing meditation. It's actually perfectly fine. And the way you will do that, I'll give instructions now, is, is you know, if you, for example, I'm sitting, I'm following the guided meditation, and I notice, ooh, my mind is starting to become a little foggy, and, oh, hypnagogic state. There are these images that make no sense. A hamburger is running a marathon. Like, this is not, okay, all right, I'm getting sleepy. Okay, all right. So, get up. You can either have... Stand up and continue to meditate with your eyes closed. Or if you're really sleepy, I suggest you open your eyes and let a little bit of light in. And it's kind of hard to fall asleep if you're standing and your eyes are open. If you do, let me know. That'll be pretty awesome to like document. Okay, so have you stand up have, and, and have a soft gaze and you're not like staring out. The idea is not like stare up, but like more receptive. In fact, let's practice that together. Um, yeah, pra- get up. This is great. Okay. Let's practice that together. As you're standing, fine. Make sure your knees are not locked. And just having a soft gaze in front of you. Not so much your eyes going out and looking, but more receiving, receiving the light, receiving the energy, receiving, receiving the images, the light that comes in. Ah, the eyes can relax in their socket and just receive, receive. In fact, you might find that when the eyes relax, your gaze becomes wider, not as narrow. You can kind of peripheral vision becomes extended a bit. Ah, the eyes relaxing. Okay. Ah, and letting the breath be soft, comfortable. And you can continue listening to the guided meditation standing, or if you wish now, you can ever so gently paying attention to your posture, to your movement. You can sit back down if you wish, knowing that you can stand up anytime your body needs it. So, I'd like to invite you to get into your meditation posture, whatever you choose it to be in this moment. Allowing your back, 
allowing your back to be straight, to have a sense of integrity. If you're sitting on a chair, allowing the bottom of your feet to be on the floor. Not crossing your legs, not crossing your arms. Because practically speaking, when the body has a sense of integrity, of posture, the mind, attention, can have a sense of integrity and stability too. Practically speaking. Ah, And I'd like to invite you to really settle into your posture. As your body, as your back is straight, I'm going to invite you to imagine that there is a magnet on the top of your head, pulling up on your head, straightening you up vertebrae by vertebrae on its own. So you're not pushing up so much or trying to hold yourself up. This invisible magnet is doing it for you. Ah, and you can just soften, relax. Relax your body, relax your muscles. Relax. Softening, relaxing. We did a brief body scan this morning. Ah, relaxing the body part by part. Feeling your face. Softening, relaxing. The forehead especially, if you're noticing your forehead is tight, sometimes try to, quote-unquote, concentrate with our head. Maybe even raise a finger and feel in between your eyebrows. See if there is tightness See if there's the muscles are tight, and then tighten and relax them so you know the difference. Ah, inviting, inviting your forehead and between your eyebrows to relax, <coughs> to soften. Softening your face, your jaw. As if, as if your face is a block of ice melting drip by drip by drip. Arms, ah, your shoulders, your hands. Softening, relaxing. The very first and most important principle 
of cultivating samadhi is to relax. It's the body. Relax the body, moving down. Chest, abdomen. Drip by drip by drip. All the tension, the holding. Down to your sit bones, groin area. Drip by drip, as if a block of ice melting into the earth. Moving down to your legs, upper legs, lower legs, and feet. Drip by drip by drip. Melting. Melting. Taking the time to melt. Taking the time to relax, soften the body. Opening, opening the pores as if you were opening the pores. Offering up the tension, the tightness in the body. mind is embodied by relaxing the body, by softening, relaxing, untightening, unwinding the body. Mind can settle and relax also. Letting go, letting go, letting go, and just ah, allowing. Your attention to rest. And a relaxed body, softened body.
Perhaps, if it's helpful to you, imagine you are sitting right now in a warm bath. Ah, conjure up the image of yourself sitting in a warm bath. What does it feel like to sit in a warm bath? That sense of ease, relaxation in the body. Ah, complete unwinding. Allowing the breath to move with ease on its own. Bellowing in and out of this body. Again, not making it into a project. Breathing. Simply receiving the breath as it moves through. Receiving. So the first principle is to relax. To relax the body as much as possible. Every out-breath relaxing more. Softening more. Even the areas you don't think there's any tension. Ah, but open them up. Offer up any tension that's held. You notice you're feeling sleepy. Remember, you can always stand up. Relaxing the body. Relaxing the body as much as possible. Now I move to the second principle while still keeping the first. The second is receiving. Receiving experience, receiving the breath. It's not about going out with your attention as if you were going out with a fork to stab a broccoli, but more receiving, as if you're receiving, drinking up a warm bowl of soup. Ah, receiving experience, receiving the breath. Receiving the sensations of the breath. it moves through your abdomen, the in-breath, the out-breath. Or if it works better for you, receiving the breath as it moves throughout your body.
Even if you don't know what that means intellectually, receiving the breath. Opening and receiving. Just sitting and breathing, receiving, receiving. Making the receiving of the breath primary. Not so much effortful, but as if you were sitting in a large auditorium, comfortable, a comfortable seat, cushy. The breath, the sensations of the breath, movement throughout your abdomen or your body, or center stage, the concert hall. This concert hall, just receiving, just sitting and receiving, allowing it to be center stage. Same way that you would sit perhaps in a concert hall and receive the music, receive beautiful music. Receiving, listening to, receiving the breath with the same open receptive attitude. As other thoughts, distractions we call them now, as they come up, Just gently bowing to them, perhaps saying, not now, thank you, but not now. And continue to receive, to listen to this music of the breath, receiving the sensations, the breath throughout the body. Next principle I like to add, invite you. 
is the seclusion of the mind, is the renunciation. Make connection with your intention. To let go, to renounce just for the sake of this practice, for the sake of Tension your mind, settling, calming, collecting. The sake of taking care of yourself. Make the intention to connect with the intention, however it makes sense for you. To seclude the mind. Maybe the image that comes up for you is as you're sitting in this concert hall, spacious, relaxed, receiving, listening to the music, the sensations of the breath. Close the doors on the distracting thoughts, and as they knock, Smile at them, not angrily, just smile at them. Maybe peek through the door and say, thank you. Not now. Come visit me later. Trusting that they'll still be here. They're not going to go away. You can have a visit with them another time. But right now, for the purpose of this cultivation... Renouncing, secluding, in favor of something better, in favor of calm and peace, serenity, spaciousness, bliss, joy. Closing the door right now, out of wisdom. Whatever image works for you, Time it works for me to imagine there is an invisible bubble that I'm sitting in. Safe, invisible bubble where no thoughts, distractions can get through. Sitting, secluded, comfortable. Hmm. Sense of refuge. This moment, just simply sitting and breathing. Maybe silent for a few moments to allow you to see what works best for you. Connect with seclusion of the mind as an intention for yourself. Not adversarially with thoughts. Favor of something better. 
peace within yourself, more connection to yourself, more calm. So to review the first preparatory principle is to relax and to check in with your body now and then to see if any tension has crept up, especially in your forehead. If it's tight, maybe you're working too hard, you're trying too hard. There is any tension elsewhere in your body. Relax. Relax the muscles, your body, as much as possible. I cannot emphasize relaxation enough. can't emphasize relaxation enough. Second is receiving, to receive. Concentration is not going out and getting. It's about receiving the object, receiving. Receiving the sensations of the breath.
The third is renunciation, seclusion of the mind, making an intention, a clear intention, not wishy-washy, but intending to dedicate yourself to this practice. Renouncing, letting go of thoughts. There's nothing wrong with them. They'll still be here. They'll visit you. Friendliness. Telling them not now when they arise. And returning again and again to the breath. Turning a million times and every time with friendliness, not with frustration, not being adversarial, knowing that this is part of this practice. How do you work with your mind? Can you be friendly? Can you be friendly with a thousand and one thoughts that assail you? And ever so gently tell them thank you, but not now. Being patient. Patient and persevering. Patient perseverance. Next principle is gentle perseverance, gentle persistence. It's about balanced effort, not striving. You notice mind is tight, your body is tight. More attention, more emphasis on the gentle part. Gentle persistence. If you notice your mind is too distracted and not enough, not enough seclusion, not enough connecting with your intention, ever so gently put more emphasis on the persistence, gentle persistence. It's about saying not now a million times, persistent, patient, gentle. Go through the surf in this practice. That's what is needed. 
accepting that as part of the path, part of cultivating. There would be a gentle touch, a light touch, as if stroking a cotton ball with a feather. It's the level of cording back, bringing back the attention, or saying no to distractions. not like a hammer. It's not like a hammer. If you use a hammer, this practice will become too painful and you wouldn't want to do it. Gentle, persistent, kind, loving. So much more gets cultivated along the path to samadhi gentleness and kindness to your thoughts, to yourself. Whatever thoughts come up, this is hard, I can't do this, or whatever million distractions from your life, simply bow to the thoughts. I hear you. Thank you for your opinion. Not now. And just come back. As simple as that. Don't need to believe every thought. Don't need to give it energy. Thoughts are a dime a dozen. A dime a dozen. No, don't need to give them the microphone. Hear them. Thank you for your opinion. Just come back to what you're doing. letting each and every thought have power over you. Take the loudspeaker or be the Pied Piper that you follow. Thank you. Not now. Later. That's all. That's a huge part of this mind training. Of 
Before I ring the bell, I'd like to invite you to check in with your body. Is it relaxed? Is there tension anywhere that you can feel? And just notice if there is tension anywhere. Becoming aware of it more and more about the patterns of this mind-body phenomena that happens to be you. Recognizing, understanding it better. Just checking in. What is happening right now? What's arising right now? What's happening in this body? What's happening in this mind? Taking a pulse. Relaxing, receiving whatever is arising. Not resisting. It's a crowd of sorrows. So, I introduced a few, but not all, of the preparatory principles. And I'd like to pause and ask you, if you have any observations from this period of practice and if any questions yeah and if you would wait please for the mic and I have to say while mic is being transferred since I have a mic the observation I'm making please the person making is I feel the room has calmed down a lot from here that's what I'm kind of perceiving do you guys feel it too? There's a lot. <sighs> Please. Feeling the breath. What I was finding was from all the vipassana, I was like going to different parts of the breath. And so my question is, is, should we just focus on just one as the anchor? Yeah, great. I am so glad you raised that question. So one thing I wanted to say earlier is what I'm doing today, this afternoon, I'm keeping it very unspecific intentionally um, with belly, whole body breathing, 
tomorrow I'm going to give more specific instructions about where to follow the breath and kind of the more there and there's also the Anapanasati uh, spot here which again tomorrow I like to get to because that tends to tighten people so today I just want to kind of relax so so thank you for bringing that up because it is important to mention so I invite you today to just you know whatever is most comfortable not so much moving because yes because of your training that's going to naturally happen but but either whole body breathing just the sense of diffuse breathing or in the belly, or just kind of like a little diffuse. How does that sound? Is that okay? Great. Thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate it. Yeah. What else? Questions, comments, observations in the frontier, please. You had mentioned, um, I forget what you said exactly, but something about posture and sitting upright. Yeah. Uh, And then there was also... Great emphasis on relaxation. Yes. So just if I relax every muscle in my body, I wouldn't be sitting up anymore. That's right. So I wonder if you could speak to that. Great question. So appreciate this. So it's it's really a balance, right? It's really a balance. It's I think what I'm sitting on a chair, but sit, you know. I think the the emphasis that I make on posture is having an integrity of posture is important, but often we kind of like overdo it a little bit. Like there's this tightness in the leg, like we're trying to, oh, and it's really hard to have samadhi. It's because the emphasis on the relaxation is relaxing the muscles, but allowing the the skeleton to hold you up. And it is a balance. Like as I'm sitting and I'm, as I'm trying, you know, practicing as I speak with you, <sighs> you know, my body can be relaxed, and I can kind of like have a sense of integrity of holding my body up, maybe from the from the inside, not from the smaller muscle, but from the inside. But ah, oh, relaxing the muscles. And, and it can be a practice, actually. That's a very interesting. I'm glad you asked this because figuring that out is very. It's like it's it's part of the practice itself. Um, and we tend to err on the side of too too tight. Um, and what I've observed with various. Uh, practitioners on retreat who are, for example, practicing, um, trying to to develop uh, samadhi, um, if they're trying too hard and the posture was kind of tight and like, mm, they would get it, get it, get it, like get it together. Like it would like, oh yeah, the mind would get calm and settled and, oh, and then it would fall apart. And I've seen that so many times. And I've seen that in my own practice too earlier on because I was trying so... So that's why the emphasis on relaxing and receiving actually becomes much easier, becomes joyful. Joy is something I haven't shared yet, but becomes joyous. You want to do it. You, the mind doesn't want doesn't want to go to any other object because it's relaxed. It's not like, okay, you have to concentrate now. And, and you can't do that. You can't get concentrated that way but it will fall apart. It's like a house of cards. It's very unstable. 
So, so your question is great because that exploration, I turn it back to you to explore how you can have this integrity of posture and what, what posture allows you to have that while your body's <sighs> completely relaxed and soft. Thank you. And I saw a hand here. Yeah, please. Um, about that, um, I had a really weird experience, kind of the opposite, actually. Yeah. Um, hearing so much about relaxing yeah. and letting the thoughts go, I grew more and more frustrated, actually. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. like it grew into a headache, and I just wanted to get up and scream, yeah. you know? Uh-huh. And it's not—it's re- really not at all the, my first time meditating, but yeah. I've never have it, had it that strong. Great! Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Great! That's fantastic, and I appreciate you having the courage to speak it up. So let's—can we explore together a little? Of course. Perfect. That's great. That's awesome. Great. So, so by the way, there's nothing wrong with it. It comes up. You know that. So by just the fact that you just shared it and were held witness, and it's like, okay, great mind, thank you. Okay, what's next? Big deal. It's not, you know, not giving it all. You know, it's the way for you to learn about your mind. Really, this practice gets you to learn about your mind and having more patient perseverance with, with whatever the mind throws your way. So as you talk about you grew... You know, it was like, ah, I want to get up and scream. And you didn't. And you sat with it. You know, there's there's a lot of lessons there I can unpack. I can take an hour to unpack all the lessons. Because if you take it as, oh, this is terrible, this is awful. But it's not. It's actually, you're already learning so much about your mind. You see what I'm, what I'm trying to say? So, it's, um, so... So one thing, many things. One is that, yay, there is this sense of stability of actually, there was there is this wisdom to see that the mind wants to get up and scream. And it's like, no, we're not going to do that, right? There's, right? There's the wisdom there, right? That didn't give the reins to the lip, you know, get up and scream and run out. Like, so there's wisdom there, acknowledging the inner wisdom. That's one thing that I celebrate as I hear what you're saying. Okay. And then I take it as, okay, so what can I learn about how my mind is acting here and what's happening, what's arising? How can I work with it? Because this, whatever pattern comes up um, during this practice, it gets in- intensified. It's, vi- it's this, by the way, it, yeah, I'll say that again. Any patterns your mind have in daily life, it gets intensified as you go through the surf zone. Of, of, it is right. So if you've had a little bit of like, oh, I can't stand this, like when you practice, if you've had a little bit of that in daily life, boy, it's going to come on strong. Right? You're smiling because it sounds like it's a, it's a familiar pattern. Yeah. Okay. So, so see that in your own. So this allows you to, to work with these familiar patterns. Um, so then, okay, how can I work with this familiar pattern? Is it really, like, um, say a little more if you wish, or, or I can just let you work with it, if you, whatever is most comfortable for you. You mean about the pattern? Or, or, or what came up for you right now in, in this practice? Uh, you were saying it just be, you became more and more frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. I think 
I think it was a lot about hearing you. Yeah. You know, all those words about yeah. relaxing, relaxing, right. not, you know, letting it go, letting it go, right. and feeling that my body was doing the other way. So right. Was it doing the opposite? Yeah, it was yeah. doing the opposite. Exactly. So right. the, the right. gap between yeah. what you were saying right. Right. and what I was experiencing was growing bigger and bigger. Exactly. So, so there is one other step they're missing that's not seen. And that's what I would turn your awareness and attention to. Because there is something in between hearing the words relax and getting tighter. There is something probably there, and could be different flavors, could be like, I can't do this, I'm failing, this is terrible, it's getting worse and worse, and it's kind of like this pressure is building. And that's what I would bring your awareness, because that could be the pattern that's usually not seen, and it goes undetected. It's the voice that get that... Because it's not seen, it has all the power, and it just kind of gets built. Because if, if you see that, this is getting worse, I'm failing. Actually, no, this is just, this is what's happening. <sighs> well, actually, it will change it right there. Do you see what I'm trying to get across? There's a lot in here to see as it, as it gets built up in, in any moment. And, and I'm happy to talk with you more during the break, but is that supportive to work with at this point? Yes, I mean, I'm I'm perfectly fine with sitting with the uncomfortable. I mean, I know that's the point of the practice. Right. Uh, it was just, I was surprised that it was so strong. I had never experienced it that strong. I, I think what I'm, what I'm pointing to is that there is, um, there, there are things that are not seen in how the pattern is growing. There are many stops along the way that it's growing strong. And actually, sometimes when the pattern is really strong, you can really see it clearly under the microscope. That's another thing about the practice of of samadhi. When the mind gets more settled and, and when you come back to the same object over and over again, it's like putting everything on a microscope. So if in the past, if you had a little ant, the ant would be small. The pattern would be an ant. But if you put it under a microscope, it will look huge. So it's So what you're saying does not surprise me. It, it might surprise you. It's like, wow, I've never had this happen before. But it's not surprising. Does that make sense? So, so um, it's, and, and I'm appreciating the question uh, and using it as a teaching point because patterns can seem stronger and ways to work with them. So, so what I would recommend, so, so actually let me turn the question to you. So having the experience that you had, how would you think you would work with it? If it came up again, what would you pay attention to? What would be most constructive, perhaps? I think it comes down to my intention, too. So I was talking about meditating from the heart instead of, you know, from just the brain. Yeah. Um, which I've had a lot of trouble with in the past few years. Yeah, so I think yeah, it's yeah. a lot of loving kindness as well. Yeah. Uh, there in this gap between right. failing and I'm like this right exactly um, but yeah it, it's it's very it's it's a different process to like the guided meditation versus just meditating on your own because yeah. this was really amplifying the yes. what was happening in my mind right exactly that's it it's the amplification that's it and I so appreciate you bringing up what's needed in this case which is the the loving kindness like oh sweetie it's okay it's all right this is fine 
it's okay. And then it becomes a practice of loving kindness, which is what is needed right now in that pattern. Great. Thank you. Please. Over there. I saw that. I saw that hand first. Please. So this discussion um, suggests to me um, a bit of a logical conflict between the renunciation yeah. and moving to observe and learn mm-hmm. from what comes up right. while instantiating yeah. the focus. Yes, yes. So can you unpack yes. when yeah. wisdom suggests that you move off yeah. and interrogate. Love it. I love the question. Thank you so much for the question. Yes. So, oh, this is a, this is a great question. So um, I have to tell you a little story. So so here, so the story is when I was practicing with, with my Burmese teacher, Pag Saida, who's, who's famous for being the, the jhana master, the living jhana master, um, Years before I had practiced with him, I thought, well, maybe one day I'll be worthy of practicing with him. So, so he's famous for the first few steps of practice. You know, he doesn't give any of these guidances. You know, his main teaching is come back to the breath. You know, come back to the breath here. You know, you go back, like he's famous for that. Like people are failing and pulling out their hair. They go back, he says, come back to the breath. Come back to the breath. Ah, go back to the breath. So, so the first time I was practicing with him, come back to the breath. <laughs> the breath and um the retreat I, i'd gone on the retreat after a very very difficult period and um and what would happen is i would i would study i would practice the whole day uh, with like trying so hard to stay with my breath stay with my breath stay with my breath and there would be all this you know difficulty and anger and just you know, like really complicated relationships that end and and dead and no so I would like with with the force of my will as I was explaining with the force of will I was like concentrating I was entering the first jhana by the evening like okay I got it and then overnight I would have these nightmares angry nightmares and in the morning I would wake up mind mind was all over the place Nowhere to be found. Okay, back to the breath, back to the breath. By the evening, I was close to the first jhana. Another, you know, nightmare. In the morning, back to, it was square, really square zero. Like, mind all over the place. After a few days of this, um, I decided, okay, I love my teacher. I respect him dearly. And he's Burmese, and there's a particular style. I need to switch to metta. I switched to metta for a few days and just did metta for myself and the people I was entangled with in this situation and just completely like water on fire. After a few days, I went back to the practice and there wasn't any of that anymore, no more nightmares. It was just smooth sailing after that. That taught me a lot, and I share that with you, because you need to trust your own wisdom when sometimes it's right to keep going back to the breath. It's like you hang in there. But sometimes it's like, okay, I need to open the door, and I need to sit with you and have tea and have metta for myself, for you, dear friend, or like whatever the situation might be. 
saw more hands. Please. Thank you. I'm moved to say that I noticed all of us now have different things that we want to have less difficulty or get more and just that we're all in it together. And that's, you know, even if we're on opposite sides, heading opposite directions, opposite, but we're here for each other. Mm. Um, I had a question about thank you, not now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that seemed so loving and sweet to me. And I want to ask if you could find interplay with something I have been working with through Reggie Ray, which is about letting stuff come up mm-hmm. and embodying it and letting it speak. Yeah, yeah. And letting the body, the deep body speak. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for asking that. I think the practice, um, I'm not familiar well with that specific practice, but but as I map it from my to to um, to the practice to other practices, it's closer to I think what we would do with mindfulness and with vipassana. So so what I would say is, say you've decided to practice. Um, samatha to to calm your mind, and strong emotions come up. Okay, you have multiple options. Okay, one option is to okay. Well, if it's not a strong emotion, if it's just thoughts, right? If it's thought, you can say thank you, not now, and come and try to come back. But if it's strong, then you have two options. One is to turn to it with metta with compassion, with kindness for yourself, for the situation. The other option you have is to work with it, with with Vipassana, with mindfulness. Observe it, feel the energy, allow it to rise, observe the thoughts, work with it with RAIN, R-A-I-N, the, which is the way to work with uh, emotions. And for those who don't know very briefly, R stands for recognize the emotion, a stands for acknowledge the emotion. I is to investigate in the body and non-identify. It's it's an emotion. It's just a human condition. It arises. Okay, so so that is the closest to what I see with what the teaching that you're talking about, Reggie Ray, which is kind of expressing, which actually to me sounds perhaps a little more tantric or more in the. Um, uh, in the uh, Vajrayana school, which is kind of embodiment of of the emotions, which not exactly we don't quite do it that way, but there's so many different practices. So, if that's what you're doing and it works for you to turn your mind to it, if the emotion is very strong, by all means, if that's supportive to you, please do it. And if it's kind of just a thought and a mild emotion, then I would suggest first working with it with not now. Can you know? I'll come back to you. I know you're here. You're not going away. I'll come back to you. But if it keeps knocking louder and louder, it's like, all right, okay, let's let's work w- with any any tools that you personally have in your tool bag. 
Thank you. I don't want to take too much time. May I restate the question? Hmm. It's, what did I miss about it? Tell me. Um, no, I got a lot from your answer. I thank you for your answer. Sure. Um, I heard something, that, the note that I took was something along the lines of, well, what I heard was um, there's a distinction to be made between gross and subtle uh, things that come up. Yeah. And that there's um, what I have heard called uh, defabricating or mm-hmm. deconstructing mm-hmm. and sort of uh, making an analysis of it. Mm-hmm. Um, or, and then the word that I got, I, I don't want to mischaracterize the process of of restraint and that that wisdom mm-hmm. i think there's a one word that i had for it was compartmentalizing mm. but that seems not quite right i think right. that it's more like not giving it more oxygen if it is right. subtle or if it is yeah easy to hold outside the bubble if it's easy to hold outside the bubble uh-huh. then there's a wisdom of reservation and that came up in a couple different things. I'm not sure if I've restated a question or just uh, circled it. <laughs> right, right. I, I think there's one thing, I think we're in the same territory. There's one thing that I would, um, I think oh, one new thought that comes up for me that I want to actually highlight, which is um, you mentioned the word compartmentalize, and you didn't want to emphasize that, but it reminds me that I do want to mention that when we say not now, it's not, the idea is not that, oh, we're never going to get to this and we're pushing that part, that, that issue out of our psyche forever. It's really not that. And I think it's clear, but I do want to emphasize that, which is like, for the sake of wisdom in this moment, I choose to do this. And I will come back to you when my mind is much more stable and much more available. When I have the stability to sit with you, dear emotion, without getting entangled. And if you allow me that, I will do this. But sometimes emotions are like, nope, no, I'm not going to give you the chance to stabilize yourself first. So you just have to work with it. It's not one or the other. So... Let me see how we're doing with time. Uh, let's make this the last question because it's one o'clock. Yeah. I don't know um, if I formulated the question or not, but um, I've been coming here this, for 12 years. Yeah. And I've done dozens of long-term retreats here, and I've never, ever been with a teacher like you. I have some mm-hmm. kind of... It's that combination of the the loving kindness combined with the focus of the jhanas that I just, um, it's like I found home. Mm. And I, I, ever, the first time I was with you, I thought, this is what I've, this is what I've been looking for. And I want to be like her, which I know is mm. not going to happen. Mm. <laughs> I actually, my mind said to me today, you will never be like her. Mm. And, but I, because I just you're feel like, like you, <laughs> this amazing suchness that is you, who can never, no one can ever be. And I had a very torturous childhood, mm. and I um, there's been so much healing from it for so in such a prolonged way. 
But I, I had this feeling today of this gap of those of us who have gone through a lot of trauma. Mm. I mean, that, that's the, the mind speaking to me. You will never get there. Mm. You, will, you will always be in this bottomless, dark place. And this is after going to India for a year mm. and practice here for 12 years. So I don't know if there's a question in there, but it just... It's that mm. sense of hopelessness. like. Mm. But I love what you do. For anyone who just showed up today and had no idea who you are, I would just think, oh my God, you're so lucky. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to blush just, now. Good <laughs> God. And I that also, guy. He's, it's that guy. <laughs> and um, I, I would love to do a long retreat with you and I notice you don't do long retreats and I, I I'll just take what what you what you offer here but mm. uh, do you have on the horizon long retreats mm. in the future mm. first I want to actually say something about what you said about the sense of sadness and despair that comes up and and it is a voice it's a loud one it has the microphone and it has a loudspeaker and it's believed and it causes a lot of sorrow and sadness. And it's not true. Why believe that voice where you can listen to another one? This one doesn't have anything over the one that says, you're on the path, you are beautiful inside and out, you're magnificent, and I wish you could see your own beauty. I'll leave it at that. Talk about retreats later. So, so um, lunchtime, it's one o five. Sorry if your stomachs are grumbling. It's been juicy to, to ha- have uh, ans- uh, questions and interactions. So, so uh, for lunch, I'd like to suggest that you... Uh, actually, I'm a slave driver... So I'm going to give you an assignment for lunch. But hopefully it's a joyous one. So the assignment for lunch, which is going to tie into more of the factors that I'm going to be teaching this afternoon, I have two assignments for lunch. The first one is that after you eat your lunch with given the second, I'll tell you the assignment for the eating in a moment, uh, that you take a walk. You take a walk and just really enjoy the walk. Um, Do a walking meditation. You can go in the hills, not past the gate, please, because of the monastic retreat. But really, it's spring. It's beautiful. So really let yourself relish. Because there's a part of... so. The assignment over lunch, both in terms of the walking and the eating, is enjoy. 
That's the slave driver. You have to enjoy. <laughs> it sounds funny when you say you have to enjoy. But, but basically, one of the factors, one of the um, factors that really to cultivate uh, samadhi is enjoyment. And I'm going to say a lot more about enjoyment this afternoon, why it's so important. And in sutta after sutta after sutta, the the Buddha says, leads to joy and leads to blah, 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 and leads to samadhi. Leads to joy, leads to blah, 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 leads to samadhi. Leads to jo- so like joy is a stepping stone. You got to go through joy. You can skip it if you want to cultivate calm mind. Isn't that lovely? You know, the teachings isn't, okay, then, then they sat hard and then they were... No, the stop is joy, enjoyment, both as pamoja, the Pali word for delight, so take delight, and also piti, which is rapture, which is joy, and there is sukha, which is bliss, so different flavors of ah, delight, joy, bliss, okay? So the assignment I have, I, I, I ask you is that you really enjoy your lunch. Enjoy every bite of it. Enjoy the plenty. Enjoy the morsels. Enjoy the taste. Enjoy the sun. Enjoy the weather. Enjoy the wa- Enjoy yourself. And I'm not kidding. Really. This, if you, on this retreat, to cultivate calm mind, enjoy yourself. I'm serious, right? I'm Yes, you hear the instruction? Okay. So, um, I'm going to read, before I let you go, I'm going to read a poem by Mary Oliver to inspire you. And she just passed away, as you know, a few months ago. So, name of the poem is Mindful. And she says, Every day I see or hear something that more or less kills me with delight, that leaves me like a needle in the haystack of light. It was what I was born for, to look, to listen, to lose myself inside this soft world, to instruct myself over and over in joy and acclamation. Nor am I talking about the exceptional, the fearful, the dreadful, the very extravagant, but the ordinary, the common, the very drab, the daily presentations. Oh, good scholar, I say to myself, how can you help but grow wise with such teachings as these, the untrimmable light of the world, the oceans shine, the prayers that are made out of grass. I love that. To instruct myself over and over in joy, so may you instruct yourself over the lunchtime over and over in joy. Take it in. It's all around. It's in you. Nor am I talking about the exceptional, but the ordinary, the common, the very drab. See if you can enjoy the very drab, nothing exceptional, the blade of grass. Okay. So here's a question. So we can have an hour for lunch which will include your walk, or we can take an hour 15 or an hour and a half. I'm going to take a vote. An hour? Raise your hand. Okay, an hour and 15? An hour and a half? An hour has it. 
Okay, we'll make it an hour and five. How's that? <laughs> it's one twelve. We'll be back here at at two fifteen. Yes. Ticks, yes, thank you. Be aware of t- I meant to say that. It's April. They are active. Please, 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 please be aware of ticks. And, and wa- you know, watch your clothes before you come into the temple because they'll come with you. It's April. It's high time. Please, thank you so much. Enjoy your lunch. The bell will start it's a silent lunch. Yes, it's a silent lunch. Thank you. But not strict. Tomorrow will be stricter. It's a non-strict silent lunch. <laughs> middle silent, middle way. I forgot to say, I'm going to st- hang in here for a few minutes if you have any questions, if there's something you need that... hasn't been addressed yet, please feel free to come up.
Okay, welcome back. So before I start, I'd like to um, ask how many people are uh, uh, taking the course for CE credits? A show of hands, please. Grade one, two, two, two people. Wait, I saw a hand here. Just two. Great. Wonderful. Okay, great. Um, so, so the C objectives, I'll make sure to hit them, but if there's anything in, in, if you have questions about it, I invite you to come and please speak to me during the breaks um, to make sure everything is covered. And, okay, thank you. Great. Okay, so welcome back from lunch. First of all, how are you feeling? Shout out a few words. However you're feeling, whatever's here. Joyful? Yeah. What else? What's that? Fabulous. Fabulous. All right. What else? Lovely. Lovely. I had lovely. Peaceful. Peaceful. Open. Open. Tired. Yeah. Sleepy. I have sleepy here. What else? Relaxed. Embodied. Collected. Mm, Nice word. Present. Inspired. Nice. Anything else that's present? Yeah. Happy to be back here at Spirit Rock. Ah, happy to be back here at Spirit Rock. Nice. Ah, anything else that hasn't been named that's present for you? Was that mischievous? Great, mischievous. I like that. Ooh, energy of mischief. What else? Safe? Nice. Thank you. Curious. Curious. Great. We have a whole range. Anything else? Was that a hand or no? Just itching. Yeah. <laughs> Scratching. Great. So I appreciate hearing the range and 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 um Observing what's in the room, ranging from sleepiness and fatigue and tired um, to joyful, happy. Uh, I didn't hear grateful, but I feel grateful too. That's in the room for me. I'm I'm just grateful and happy to be here uh, practicing together. Uh, Curious, we had, and safe, and mischievous. This is all great. Um, So... One thing, uh, so I'll tell you what I have in mind for our afternoon practice time together. So what I would like to do this afternoon is um, to cover the rest of the um, kind of the principles, really the, the attitudes, the way to really the framework. I, maybe it's better to think of it as the framework, setting up this framework for samadhi. And we've been working this morning to 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 set up the framework, and we'll do more of that this afternoon. <clears throat> um, afternoon, right around this time, two two thirty, is high time for um, getting sleepy and falling asleep. So, knowing this, I'm going to do a little bit of talking. I'm not going to go right into a guided meditation. Um, I'll do a little bit of talk and interaction, just kind of to bring the energy of the room up a little bit, and then I'll go into a guided meditation. And, but even doing that, you'll probably fall asleep. 
So please, please, please do standing meditation. Whenever you feel just even the least bit of sleepiness, there is no problem, there's no shame. It's like I love, I've done plenty of standing meditation. It's better than sleeping meditation. So please do standing meditation whenever you feel called for this afternoon. And then my hope is we'll have a period um, this afternoon when we'll go from sitting to walking to sitting seamlessly, okay, without any talking or interruption. It'll be a long stretch of practice um, so that you can just really try on for size all these infrastructure, scaffolding that we've been talking about for yourself to see what comes up, the questions that come up, the problems that come up, whatever comes up, you get to be a scientist of your own mind, Okay, for you'll you'll have time to kind of like run run wild in your own lab, and then we'll have a QA at the end of that. So you, you so you need to kind of stack the issues that come up. Okay, so we'll have some talking interaction now, and some at the very end, and then there will be a period of just practice. Sounds okay. Okay, all right. So before we get into <clears throat> the practice part, so. Um, any well, any questions from this morning so far? Anything that we've covered? Um, any comments? Any observations from your lunch and your your demanding assignment to enjoy your lunch and walk? And really, how what what did you observe in your mind, Daryl? I saw your hand shoot up. Oh, hold on. Oh, was that? Uh, you don't want the mic? There was a lingering question from before lunch. Oh, there was a lingering question. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you can take it. I'll take that also, no worries. So, Jana, will you please, <laughs> d- you know, you have define to come, it? You have to come back tomorrow. <laughs> I'll talk a lot more about Jana's tomorrow. Okay. And what they are and Jonic factors. And today I think it's better to... Just put the scaffolding together. Is that cool? Yeah? Okay. All right. Questions, comments about your assignment? I'd like to hear a little bit about how how that was. I took a walk also, by the way, with the assignment in mind. I had to do what I assigned, right? Take a walk and enjoy it. Boy, was it nice. (sighs) Yeah. I didn't make it out the door before I found myself in the bookshop. Uh And I spent a good 10% of the lunch hour laughing out loud to myself in little bursts, just like, oh, this is where I want to be right now. (laughs) And how funny it is and how grateful I am to have uh, more books than I could ever read Mm. or buy. Yeah. and to have questions and to have uh, just moments yeah. where I found myself laughing. Lovely. Sitting next to the tree like, oh, my friend is here, the tree. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. I love that. I love hearing how you made the assignment really your own. And, and, and what I'm really appreciating is, is how we each have a different way of enjoying what, the circumstance we find. And that's great. Thank you. Lovely. What else? Any other observations? That when you turned your mind to joy, 
Did you notice more of it? Anyone notice more joy when you turn your mind to it? Yeah. There's so much there when you turn your mind to it. It's like, wow, where have you been waiting? I've been sitting here in the bushes. Please turn your mind to me instead of all the problems. And Yeah, hand over there. If you, with, okay. Mike, Mike is coming out. <clears throat> that idea of joy in mind when I've come to Spirit Rock in the past I've felt I have to be really quiet and serious you know and on lunch it's very quiet and we're so very found, serious around here <laughs> no yeah, but I love it but <laughs> I know I, that, yeah, that's yeah. just of course in my own I of course. have that that's the way I'm supposed to yeah, 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 be yeah. of course and yeah. so having that idea of joy I found when I was eating I was chatting, you know, I chatted with this person and I chatted with that person. So it was just a, a lighter nice. Um, nice. way of being. Great. Great. I love hearing that mm-hmm. because it's what true and honest to you. It's not supposed to, you know, um, spiritual practice is not this grim duty. And it's, it, it doesn't have to, it, you know, what we think of it, it kind of mm-hmm. kills the joy of it. Mm-hmm. Right, because we, we think of oh, in order to be sp- practice spiritual, we have to sit very seriously and walk this way. It's like, ouch! Right? It's it's interesting to hear the mind. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate you saying that out loud. That this is the story your mind is creating, right. and to say, well, no, it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. It's actually being completely um, truthful and honest with with what is real. That's the that that inner honesty, that inner integrity is what really important. In fact, I'll tell you, so in this very hall, I've taught a couple of times now, um, mindfulness and improv. Mm. And it's, if you think about seriousness of practice, there's there's no seriousness there. There's a lot of laughter and silliness of just really working, working with that and observing. So, great. Thank you. Yeah, please. I don't know if I need this. I just realized that the last time I was here with you, I've only met you twice, um, it was at the end of the year, and you were doing our reflections on the last year. Yeah. And you talked a little bit about the difference between intention and goals. Yes. And I really loved that. And my intention, it just hit me right now, my intention for the new year was to feel more joy mm. and be more joyful in nice. my interactions with everybody. Nice. And it's come up a couple times. I haven't nice. totally forgotten it. I do remember it, nice. not daily, but all of a sudden I just went, ah, that's where it came from. Uh, so thank you. You're welcome. Thanks yeah. for mentioning that. It makes me happy. What a lovely intention to have. Um, yeah, to, to, to experience more joy, especially in interaction with other people. Lovely. Beautiful. Any other reflections on on lunch and joy before I I delve in? Yes. I did did feel um, that the meditation before lunch helped me uh, be able to settle my mind on whatever I was focused on so you know listening to the creek or looking at the flowers or feeling the sun i was able to have that bit of stability and 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 get kind of a a sense of contentment and joy from it nice so it was a nice carryover great thank you i love hearing that because it's a virtuous cycle Mm 
the more um, joy and contentment and stability, tranquility, pasadi, more of these factors that are cultivated, the more samadhi will be cultivated. The more samadhi, stillness, stability of mind um, is cultivated, the more joy and um, delight and piti and just uh, it's it's so exactly as you're saying that oh there was more stability oh, you could enjoy more and since you enjoyed more now this afternoon there will be more space for stability it's a great great thing to realize wonderful thank you for your reflections so <clears throat> I like to um, move to the next. Um, few factors I want I, I like to share. Maybe factors is not the best name for them. Infra- infrastructure. I have to become come up with a better name for these. By the way, somebody last time I was teaching a day long on this asked, "What are these called? What's this list?" I'm like, "This is Nikki's list of <laughs> was that Nikki's eight principles? Is that what I called it? Okay, so it's Nikki's eight. Yeah, was it seven, eight? I don't know. A bunch of them. Uh, so that's right. It is eight. There you go. Yeah, you took notes. Thank you, Daryl, keeping me honest here. Um, so, so just to share what we have, what what we have shared so far today, and I introduce these in the guided practice. Again, to think of these as a scaffold. You know, when you're building a structure, you put up a scaffold. So, this is the scaffolding. The first and foremost is relax. Relaxation is so important. Relax. I really cannot overemphasize it. Um, and really, when the body relaxes, the mind can relax and be more receptive. Which leads to the second one, which is receive. Receive. It's not so much going out to the object, going out to the breath and feeling it and capturing it, putting it in a cage. It's not like that. It's receiving. It's receiving the breath, receiving the object, receive. There's a sense of ease in the body when you're in a receptive mode. Ah, In fact, let's try this on for size. As you're sitting, really feel like you're receiving what I'm saying. Feeling embodied. Feeling embodied. Feeling, so, so let's take it step by step. This is mindfulness of listening. As you're sitting, feeling your body, feeling your feet on the floor, feeling your bottom on the cushion, feeling your back, feeling your belly, feeling the breath move. Ah, kind of relaxing. For a moment, I invite you to go inward. Turn your gaze inward. Turn your gaze inward. Whether your eyes are open or closed doesn't matter. Turn your gaze inward and feel your body and relax your body. Soften your body. See if you're holding tight your shoulders, your back, your forehead. Ah, Just kind of relax. Soften your body. Again, if it helps for you, bring up this image, conjure up the image of sitting in a warm bath. If you're sitting in a warm bath, ah, what would it feel like right now? Ah, bring that up. Conjure that up. 
sometimes conjuring up images like that, the body knows how to get to that place of ease and relaxation without you even trying very hard. It knows. It's an embodied memory. Now, receiving, with that sense of receiving, see if you can receive. See if you can receive the breath first in your body, receiving the sensations. The breath goes in and out. Now see if you can receive the sound waves, listening in a receptive mode, not going out and listening, like grabbing, but kind of like letting it wash over you, as if you were listening with your whole body. What does it feel like listening with your whole body? Receptivity, receiving. So, I ask you to, to open your eyes now. And with the sense of receiving, it's a very different sense of receiving. Even when your eyes are open, you're listening. So if you're listening with your whole body, staying embodied, relaxed, it's a very different way. As if, as if you're your peripheral vision kind of opens, you're receiving a lot more. A lot more information is opening up. And it's kind of landing. You don't have to do much. It's just kind of like landing. See a little bit what I'm pointing to? The sense of receptivity of information, like receiving. Ah, it can be quite easeful. The observations, if this is making a little bit of sense to you, if you're feeling a little bit of shift in the way you're hearing or receiving. Anyone notice just a tiny bit of shift, how, dif- how, how it manifests for you? If, if you're willing to say a word or two, I would appreciate especially if you haven't spoken before. Willing to say? Yeah. Mike over here. Um, yeah, I think from the first meditation, I just was embodied like in such a strong way for me. Like I was like, "What is this heaviness?" Like, "Oh, because I'm, I'm in here," uh, nice. and this is just kind of like bringing it back to that feeling. Nice, nice. And uh, does it feel? How does it feel? Does it feel good, or how does it feel? It feels kind of heavy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He- heavy where? Curious. Um, my head and in my chest, almost my whole body. Your whole like, body, yeah. great. So, terrific. And I'm going to suggest to move the center of gravity a little lower mm. from your head down further in your body, like here. And then at first, you know, when we start this practice of kind of receiving and being embodied, it can be like, oh, a little top heavy. Yeah. But when it will be helpful to intentionally kind of like ground a little lower. Like now I, f- I feel more myself here. I feel kind of I'm grounded here. I feel my feet on the floor grounded. There's a sense of 
good heaviness. When it's head, it can be a little kind of off-kilter. But when it's just like, ah, I feel grounded. It's nice. I'm not moving. Yeah? Yeah? Mm-hmm. Now, can you feel it and the move shift down already? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, please. Somewhat strange, but when you talked about um, having a sense of receptivity and, and receiving the yeah. what the listening, yeah, 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 I realize that your mouth and the sound are out of sync because uh-huh. we're twenty feet away from the speakers, <laughs> and it's one foot per millisecond, <laughs> and that's about a frame off. <laughs> but prior to this, prior to that, you were completely. Oh my god, that's in great! Sync. I love it. I absolutely love the observation because there. See, this is this is beautiful because the receptivity. It, this is my interpretation. Allowed a sort of settling into a sense of stillness, and there was more. There was more awareness of the. Cl- Clear seeing. That's clear seeing vipassana. See, seeing insight. Isn't that a, like? And all you did was to receive. And this is an. These are instructions that are not emphasized enough. People like these are. These are like the secrets I'm sharing. Uh, like it takes years to figure all these things out. All these you know very subtle things that are kind of like. Oh, it's a tiny little shift from kind of like sitting, concentrating, going out to like. Are receiving like wow, it's a tiny little shift, but it's profound. Thank you, Cliff. Now I know I'm out of sync. <laughs> That's great. I saw. Yes, please. Um, I don't know if it's an opposite, but I was thinking receiving seems very different than taking, mm-hmm. and taking seems almost aggressive where mm-hmm. receiving seems. Very settled, you know, just yeah. ah, instead of going after something, right. right? You know, and I get yeah. So that was yeah. that was what I got struck Great. with. Yeah. I appreciate that, and also as you say this, I'm thinking of people who are in the helping profession, mm-hmm. um, and and um, this is often a practice that people who are specifically in the helping profession do uh, therapist it's just this receiving this he listening the whole body listening it's it's it can be so profound like giving the other human another human being your full attention the full body listening and it's just and it's also very restful because you're embodied and it feels like if there's difficulty or charged information is being shared with you it actually kind of gets grounded mm-hmm. Um, and I, I actually use this technique when I'm teaching retreats and like doing what ten or twelve practice meetings in the morning is pretty packed. So just sitting and receiving, it's like not going out, but it's like receiving. And the mind can be in a very different state. Um, and again, don't believe me. Just experience. Experience it for yourself. Was that? I'm a psych nurse. Oh, you are. <laughs> so, okay. there, there you, yeah, you, 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 totally you, you, you totally get it, Erica. Yeah, exactly. You totally get it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, please. You're still awake, you guys. You're still with me. I'm doing more talking to bring the energy up. Ah, please. Um, so, uh, so at first, you were asking us to kind of reflect on uh, the experience, and I 
could I can feel um, my whole body hearing. Mm-hmm. And what it reminds me of is if you hear if you if there's a drum beat, yeah, it's much easier to feel to sense that feeling with your whole body. Right, right, and right. And I think as we get really settled, even your your uh, uh, the vibrations, your voice, and the kind of mm-hmm. calmness yeah. made me feel makes me feel more relaxed. Like, yeah. uh, it's not going through my head. Like, my whole yeah, my body yeah. just receives it as like yeah. a vibration that uh, leads to relaxing. Yeah, yeah. And then I was just going to share one other thing, which is when I first started playing around with this idea of receiving. Yeah, it reminded me of as a kid playing hide and go seek, and I'm in my hiding place, and somebody comes into the room. And I've got to hold really still and I'm paying very close attention to like where they are and what sounds they're making. And, uh, that just helped me, uh, um, get in that frame of mind of mm-hmm. receiving. Interesting. So I, it's like, wait for it. Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah not going after, but kind of waiting mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. nice. I like that. Sweet. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, so, what I was sharing, going back to the scaffold, relax, receive, and with the receiving, I talked about re- whole body receiving, receiving the listening, um, body awareness for deep listening, which I wanted to touch on. Um, and then another um, one that I shared this morning was the seclusion of mind renunciation of mind, which is connecting with the intention that for this practice, for the period of this practice, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to to dedicate myself, put myself in this bubble, not because there's anything wrong with thoughts, anything wrong with emotions, nothing wrong with them, but I'm going to dedicate myself to this as much as possible, okay, with the caveats that we discussed this morning. Sometimes emotions can be very, very strong. You can keep having nightmares in the middle of the night and they keep coming knocking like, okay, you need to take care of me. Okay, then we turn our attention to it. Or they keep coming up strong, very strongly during practice and the not now or bowing to them is not sufficient. But try that first. Try that first because that's the idea of this practice. Can kind of hang in there, stay there, and say, "Not now, not now," so that the mind can be- get steady. The mind can get steady. But if your wisdom at some point says, "Okay, I tried the not now, I tried the renunciation," but yeah, this really, this is now my practice. This is what needs attention. Um, either bringing metta, uh, love and kindness to it, compassion to it, or working with it, with, with vipassana, with mindfulness, the emotions or whatever's coming up, okay? So, so that's the next thing, seclusion, renunciation of the mind. Um, the, next, the next one that I mentioned was gentle persistence. Gentle persistence, or also gentle perseverance. And... <clears throat> For me, that's a better word than wise effort. Because in English, when we hear the word effort, it's kind of like the word concentration. 
concentrate with effort. It's like, oh, my body gets tight and tied up. Whereas, whereas the word gentle persistence, I like persistence because you're going to do this over and over and over and over and over and over and over. You're going to be assailed by thoughts a million times, right? But you're going to have gentle persistence because it's part of this path. You don't have a bad mind, monkey mind. We all have monkey minds. You're not defective. It's just the way our minds work. So learning to befriend it, learning not to get frustrated, learning to gently bring back the attention, gently bring back the attention, gently bring back the attention. And if you notice you're yanking the attention or you're using a hammer, then that's no longer a gentle persistence. Yes, please. Yeah. Back one. Back one. We'll back go back one. Rewind. rewind. So, because it was triggered by you saying you don't like effort. And, of course, yeah. uh, I don't like renunciation. Oh! <laughs> I love it. Okay, bring it on. So, and seclusion. The, yeah. Both of these. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I've, I've heard you talk very deeply about what, is behind renunciation. Yes, right, right, right. Immersion, um, yeah. whole hog. I mean, I don't know what the positive frame right, right, for right. this alloy, alloy ones being with mm. other things that have a connotation of commitment, right, right, right. which has a consequence of meeting right. your definition of seclusion and uh-huh. renunciation, but simply is more a positive... Right, right. Stance yeah. toward it. Yeah. Given that's, you know, my taste. I understand. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, so you know, it's so interesting how words for different people um, really tap into a diff- different lexical framework, right? And, and that's really what we're bringing up. So, so let me say a couple of things about both of those words, actually. Both about about renunciation, seclusion, and the one that I dissed a little bit effort, <laughs> which I don't completely diss. I think it's if if you put if one puts the the emphasis on wise, I think it's a wise effort is great because you really need to have some effort. Sometimes I use the word engagement because there's a sense of engagement that you bring in. It's engagement. It's wise engagement. Like engagement is more. Ah, kind of more juicy. Um, it's more inspiration, inspirational. So now coming back to the wo- the word that renunciation. So that's the word that's kind of like ah. So so here's the thing. So I have to say, when I started the practice myself, renunciation was like, oh my god, those monks like give up the world, give up sensual prayers, give up everything. Like the renunciation, it just seems like a really um, depriving word renunciation. I don't see it that way anymore at all. So I think my relationship to renunciation has completely shifted. Um, And I haven't shaved my head. I'm not in robes. And yet I love the word renunciation the way I relate to it. So allow me to share from my frame. So for me, renunciation is, is giving up something giving up something. It's not a should. It's not, I have to give this up. I have to deprive myself because I'm supposed to. That's what, you know, people say. It's more comes from the inside. And it seems I I want to give up the 
the distraction. I want to give up the ill will. I want to give up the envy. I, I just want to renounce all that. I want to give it up. It's not wholesome. It's not helpful for for me. I want to rin- I want to offer it up. So maybe the word is offer up, give up. Um, like that's how I see renunciation. It's kind of like turned on its head for me. And I want to give up these distra- you know, these thoughts that keep coming and I keep, like, I want to give that up right now because I want to practice this. It's, I know it's so much sweeter to be with my breath, one breath at a time. It's so much more calming. It's so much more delicious. It's more freeing. So I want to renounce the things that, I want to renounce, you know, Facebook and TV right now. I want to renounce it all because, oh, there's something juicier, yummier here. Thank you. So, unless there are more complaints. Oh, I saw your hand. Her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's okay. While we're on renunciation, you can bring it on. Mike is coming your way. The idea that sometimes I feel like if if I'm and maybe an insight or yeah. comes up and and to gently bring it back. But what if I don't go back to that ever? Like, I don't know. There's this, like, a yeah. lack of faith that oh, right. it's going to, you know, it'll come back to yeah. me. If right. I, you know, or right, I don't right. know. Yeah. How do I... How do you navigate sense? that? Yeah. Of course it makes sense. Yeah. So here's... I, I, I love what you're saying. It's... <clears throat> Because of course I've got, you know, these are all the milestones that as practitioners, you know, our minds go through. And I remember that, like, oh, that, that great, amazing thought. Like, what if I don't have that again? So for me, what started to happen is, is I would say to myself, you know, if it's important enough, it will come back. Totally. And it was faith. And at, at first it was borrowed faith, like... Yeah, the teacher says, like, and then I turn it on, and it was true. If it's important enough, it will come back. And if it's not, then I'm just going to trust that it will find its way somehow. There, There is a sense of trust there. And it just kind of, the nervous system relaxes. Yeah, thank you. So, okay, so... Then moving on, let me see if there's any more I wanted to say about the last couple. Okay, so then moving on to gentle persistence. So the word that I like there, um, gentle persistence, gentle perseverance, um, is the word from Satipatthana Sutta, and it's it's um, the word in Pali is atapi, atapi, A-T-A-P-I, which is translated as gentle persistent effort. So I like effort in that combination. It's gentle, it's gentle, and it's persistent, and it's effort. It's engaging gently but persistently. It's not like a hammer. It's not like, okay, mind, I'm going to get you, get you captive. It's like doing it over and 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 over. Lovingly, gently, because if, if it becomes... See, the reason why I keep emphasizing this is that if it becomes adversarial, if you you get into a fight with your mind, nobody's going to win, right? It becomes 
is like, like it's the perfect recipe for suffering. It's the perfect recipe for suffering. So, so if there is suffering in your, this is another thing I want to say. If there is suffering in your practice, if there is discomfort, if there is pain in your practice, you know, and pain can show up either physically or mostly psychologically. I'm not doing this right. I'm not good enough. I'm, if there, let that be your guide. That oh, what what a what are the beliefs here that are not serving me right? What are the beliefs here that are not truthful, that are not helpful? What am I believing? What am I giving the microphone to or the loudspeaker? Do you, have, you don't have to believe any of those thoughts that are coming up. You're not doing this right. And like, what if what in, instead you start to say, actually, actually, I, I usually suggest this to people on retreat when they're having a lot of self-doubt. They come and say, I'm not doing this right. I'm failing. I'm like, okay, whenever this thought comes up, it's just a thought. Okay, how about we grab another thought out of the two out of the bag? I'm doing this right. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I'm doing this right. And just say that whenever this comes up, say the other one and see what it feels like. So it's pretty amazing because the the the, the attitude can shift, completely shift. Like actually I am doing this right because doubt is just an energy. It's energy of doubt. It's just something that the mind, it's a story that mind comes up with. And how about another story? And experiment, you know, again, be a scientist of your own mind. Experiment with all of these. I'm throwing in a lot of tools in the tool bag. Um, but I do want to come back to gentle persistence. I don't know how I ended up with with doubt. But anyway, so, so the gentle persistence um, in the suttas, the, the wise effort, wise engagement, gentle, persistent, is, is likened to tuning a bow. So if your mind is wandering a lot and is feeling too lax, then put more emphasis on the persistence. Le- more persistent. If you are getting too tight, then ah, back off. Be a little more gentle with yourself, more kind. Okay, now I want to move to the next one, which I've been building up for all lunch, which is enjoy. That is really, really important. In fact, it shows up in so many lists uh, as the precursor to, to concentration. Here's, here's one list. So in one list in the suttas from the teaching on transcendent dependent origination. So faith, so faith or trust, we're talking about trust. So trust, sada, leads to delight, pamoja. Delight gives rise to, and by the way, what I'm talking about, you know, sounds poetic, but these are actually, you can see this in your practice. You can really see that, oh, when there's a sense of trust, when you have, you're trusting your practice, oh, a sense of delight comes up. Oh, wow, look at that delight. It wasn't there before. So you can see this in your practice. So delight can give rise, when there's delight, that can give rise to piti or rapture or translated as joy, which then can give rise to pasadi, which is calm, tranquility of the mind and body, which then gives rise to sukha, which is bliss, which then gives rise to samadhi, 
collection, mind being collected. So you see how all of these are leading to each other. And again, in this list, nowhere did you see hard work. It's like, oh, delight, joy, calm, tranquility, giving rise. Yeah? PT. PT is uh, translated as rapture or joy. And I'll talk more about it tomorrow because it's also one of the jhanic factors. So, and there is another sutta, very similar to this, but it doesn't start with with faith or or or, um, uh, or trust. It starts with um, with um, with virtue. Actually, I think I had copied it down here. Did I copy it, or did I just think about copying it? Well, I'll just go from my memory. Um, so it starts from from and virtue again. That can be a word that seems like, oh, it's kind of tight. But it's like uh, ethical conduct. Ethical conduct. When you do something that's ethical, when you avoid doing that's something that's non-ethical, that gives rise to pamoja, which is delight. Oh, no, sorry. That gives rise to non-remorse. There's one step I missed. That gives, to, gives rise to non-remorse because you don't have a sense of remorse. Like, ah, I could have really done that awful thing. I didn't. Ah, sense of non-remorse. That leads to to pamoja, which is delight, and then gives rise to the next, next, next. You know, this, the rest of the the it, it, um, the cycle is the same. And by the way, all of these cycles, they keep going, and the last step of the cycle is is um, nibbana, or, or freedom. So, it's kind of, that's where we're heading with these practices. It's a pretty good destination. So, so then regarding joy, just so, so I like to really emphasize joy and delight in this way um, for this practice. And Ajahn Suchito, a well-respected monk in, in the um, Thai forest tradition, I love this sentence from him, this paragraph about samadhi. He says, I think of enjoyment as receiving joy. Remember the receiving earlier? This is receptivity. I think of enjoyment as receiving joy and samadhi as the art of refined enjoyment. Isn't that an awesome definition for samadhi? Samadhi as the art of refined enjoyment. Dig that, people. He's not talking about hard work. Here's a serious monk, as serious as they get, right? I love this. And samadhi as the art of refined enjoyment. So now you see why I gave you the exercise over lunch to enjoy. We're preparing for samadhi. He continues by saying, samadhi, it it is the careful collecting of oneself to the joy of the present moment. I'll I'll read it again. I love this sentence. It is the careful collecting of oneself to the joy of the present moment. The careful collecting of oneself to the joy of the present moment. Joyfulness means there is no fear, no tension, no ought to. There isn't anything we have to do about it. So there is stillness. 
It's just this. I feel like I want to frame this in big letters, this whole sentence, right? Good enough? Would it be helpful to read it one more time? Yes? Yeah, okay. I'll read the whole thing without stopping. Let it wash over you. So Ajahn Suchito says, I think of enjoyment as receiving joy and samadhi as the art of refined enjoyment. It is the careful collecting of oneself to the joy of the present moment. Joyfulness means there is no fear, no tension, no ought to. There isn't anything we have to do about it. So there is stillness. It's just this. Ah. Careful collecting of oneself to the joy of the present moment. So as you're sitting here, feeling, tapping into the joy of the present moment. There is joy in the present moment. If you just open up your peripheral vision to it, not so much search for it, the laser eye, that joy can be shy that way. But kind of open up to it. Peripheral vision, see if there is delight, if there is joy, and you're just sitting here in this room. It can be very soft, very faint. Tender, very tender. As tender as the the green leaves on the trees in spring. Just very tender. Tender and light. Joy. Carefully collecting oneself to the joy of the present moment. So samadhi, the practice of samadhi, practice of samatha is enjoyable is is that collecting oneself in the joy of the present moment so and as i mentioned earlier as daryl was raising <clears throat> how the stability of the practice before lunch allowed him to be more present and enjoy the babbling brook and you know what was outside. The point that I actually have here is the virtuous cycle of joy and happiness, increasing samadhi and samadhi increasing joy. And a time comes, I'll finish this point and I'll get to you, and a time actually comes in the practice that there can be a sense of deep delight and joy and falling in love with the breath falling in love with the object that you're paying attention to. It's like it becomes a love affair. It becomes a love affair. It's like, ah, oh, breathing. It's like you're, you're breathing your best friend. So if any of that happens, you're not going crazy. It's part of this practice. It can come up. Please. So when I hear carefully collecting, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to me that's a code for the joyful employment of expertise, mm-hmm. of a skill. Uh-huh. And from the joyful employment of a skill comes this natural sense of joy and flow. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. the relationship right. of joy yeah. to the joy of the craft, because he's used right. the word art, yeah. which yeah. always has technique. Exactly. It <clears> does. So, Absolutely. So in this, I yeah. de- you know, exploded diagram it into the skills one has learned that enable one to collect oneself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Can you just talk about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are actually, we're talking about that. Yes. I, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm trying to make a distinction between yeah. um, and it, I enjoying know right. and um, this sort of it's, consequence of skill... Exactly, and I'm putting, and I'm put. That's what I refer to as the virtual cycle. That's exactly the virtual cycle, because the more actually you tune into the delight and the joy and the ease, the and and the more that that skill, which we're talking about, all these scaffolding stuff I'm dumping on you. Those are all the micro adjustments of how to go about it that bring more joy. So. That's the virtue cycle. So you picked it up. Pick, yes, you pointed out exactly right, and it is both. So I bring that both that and the enjoyment, and all the suttas that point to joy more than the uh. So yes, both both end. Thank you. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, and. Also, I think it's part of the virtuous cycle, the sentence right before that, he talks about enjoyment as receiving joy and samadhi as the art of refined enjoyment. So that's the other part of the cycle. Right, it's the, it's both. It's both the art that leads to this and this that leads to more of that. Yeah. Yeah, please. Just to put it into a different... Yeah. So you were talking about gentle persistence and gentle. Yeah. And gentleman is talking about skill and art. Uh huh. To me, it's just about baby steps to practice, and if we keep practicing, right. We'll get to that place. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you putting it that way, and and I think the way that I've been kind of structuring this whole day is that all these frameworks and structures that I'm spending this day really building up to, these are all these uh, tools for the art. It's like, hey, you're going to need this color and you're going to need this brush and you're going to need this. And hey, you know, remember you're also going to need whatever, like water to mix it up or, you know. So that's how I'm kind of like bringing it all together and then letting you guys go out to town and try it out. The, the art supplies. Yeah, one last one and then I'll move on. Please. I, um, it's coming up. Uh, what I hear here, what that, that's beautiful, I think, yeah. is that very often we think of samadhi and joy as a place to go to right, while right. it's a place to come from. If we already now you know, right. are joy and samadhi, then... Very naturally, it just unfolds. Yeah, yeah, and they lead to each other. And I think uh, it's it's 
that's another thing I want to really emphasize. You come from there and then the samadhi actually gives you more capacity to enjoy more because the mind is more stable and more capable, not undistracted, more malleable. So it's both. Yeah, because, and also the way you're putting it, which I appreciate, is not a destination. It's, it's already here. It's already here, recognizing that it's already here and then it can support. It's like fertilizer. It's already here, right? Yeah, not so much a destination. Thank you. Okay, so, so joy, enjoyment. All right, I have a couple more of these to, to mention. And then I like to, let's see, and then we need to go into a walking meditation. I think we've been sitting for a while. Um, and then we'll do walk, sit, walk, or we'll figure it out. Um, so, okay, a few more things I want to mention. One is um, curiosity and interest. So I would say this is another aspect that's really needed. is sense of curiosity about your experience. Um, being a scientist of your own mind, what works for you? Can how can you uh, be with this breath? What is what is it about this breath? Because it could be during practicing uh, samatha practice that it can get kind of boring. Like oh, yet another in breath, yet another out breath. What is it about in this in breath that may be different from every other in breath you've had? Can you meet it with curiosity? Can you meet it with interest? Can you be curious about boredom? What is boredom like? What does it feel like in your body? What does it feel like in your mind? Another one I want to mention, I think we're at number seven, or almost a couple more left. One is, um, this one actually is kind of a com- compounded one. I have it as surrender, letting go of outcome, and trust. So the way these concepts relate to each other, one is um, ah, the idea of surrender is, you know, you put all these pieces together. You're not going to have control over how quickly, when the mind gets settled or absorbed or if jhana arises. But all you can do and all you need to do is to set the conditions in place. You set the conditions in place and you allow it to, to go on its own. Um, the way this came up for me, actually, this realization was earlier in my practice, I realized I had this attitude of wanting to get it, wanting to have samadhi, wanting to have jhana, wanting to get concentrated. And, and that wanting, that extra, uh, just tiny little pressure, even though it was, it's very subtle, it can be very subtle sometimes, that's the perfect way not to get settled because the body gets tight, the mind gets tight. And it's the really, it's counterintuitive or actually it's rather very intuitive. So, so what I came up from myself realizing that was, you know, I'm just going to do the work. I'm just going to be relaxed and receptive and be curious about each breath, stay with each breath, seclude, seclude my mind, come back. I'm just going to do the work. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to completely surrender to the work. I'm going to do it. And these are the words that came up for me. What I'm about to say may not work for you, but what came up in my mind was, if it finds me worthy, whatever it is, it will arise. I'm just going to do the work. I'm just going to dedicate. And I have no expectations. I let go of the outcome. 
I really did. That's how it, it kind of worked. Like, I'm just going to dedicate myself to this practice and see where it takes me with no expectations. And whew, and then it started to flower. Like it was that letting go of the outcome that really made it flower. And it's so counterintuitive. And yet, it is intuitive, right? And then there's a sense of trust, really, a sense of um, not to... If 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 it doesn't, if you're not, if you, if your mind isn't settled, then you know the jhanic factors are not arising or whatever. You don't check every five minutes. Am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? Am I the, like? There's a sense of trust. Hang in there, and and it's the letting go of the outcome that really can become a huge lesson. Can become a a huge spiritual lesson in all of this. Letting go of the outcome can be the biggest lesson. How can you just dedicate yourself? Do the best you can with humility as a human being without wanting the ta-ta, the outcome. Can you really trust it and trust that that is the path, not the wanting it badly? The last point I want to raise before we take a break is your intention and your attitude in this whole practice is really the key. As important as relaxation is, just as important, I kept the maybe the most important aspect for last, intention and attitude. So the getting it attitude, if you want to get it, if you want to get concentrated, if you want to get bliss, the get attitude does not work. The work ethic of achievement that we have in the West does not work with this practice. It does not work. To have a check mark, oh yes, I attain John, is to get it. Like, ah, it does not work. It teaches you humility. Really, it does. And that's an important lesson to learn as a human being. Just doing the work. Um... Also, Utejaniya is one of the teachers who does a lot of teaching about attitude. Um, And one of the questions that he brings in is investigate, look at, question the mind that is meditating. What is your intention? Is are you meditating with a demanding, impatient attitude? Like, oh, I've given two days to this meditation thing. I'm not there yet. What a waste of time. Like, ah, oh. like, what is the kind of mind that's meditating? Is it the mind that wants? Is it the mind that's greedy? Is it the mind that's aversive? What is the type of mind? Like, really, you get to know your mind. You get to know the quality of your intention through this practice. So there's so much you can learn about yourself. Also, the the attitude of wanting it, wanting to get calm and concentrated, um, that can get people really brittle and tight. I've seen people, folks on many retreats, meditation retreats, when they become very unpleasant and 
they become jerks actually like oh this person is coughing i can't they go and cough outside like you know because everything is a distraction right oh i'm trying to get concentrated like how dare they break my concentration right it's not their fault it's like it's the, this attitude of wanting it becomes so precious it becomes so important that that anything that gets in my way any sound anyone in the lunch line anything that gets in my way of getting what i want which is the goal of mind settling is 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 a problem right the mind can become really brittle with the wanted attitude so be very so so i bring that up because um there's a way to to work with sound with distractions with whatever it is in a gentle friendly way like earlier when i was talking about not now bow to it friendly it's not not now go away you're distracting me i'm on this mission to 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 get blissed out so again that's another lesson to learn about your mind does that make sense i'm throwing a lot of yes daryl So um, there seems to be some overlap here between intention and yeah. surrender. Yeah, yeah. Because surrender is this kind of letting go of the outcome, mm-hmm. focus on the practice and trust. Mm-hmm. But isn't that the intention? No. Uh, so uh, can Should you help, I unpack help? it or let, let it yeah. to, as, as an exercise for the meditator? What did you just say? Do you want me to unpack it or leave it as an exercise for the meditator? I would vote unpack it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, so I'll say a little bit and then I'll, I'll let you actually... So, so there are many things. I mean, in one way, I would say that the whole of the Dharma, if you think of it as a cloth, and if you take the thread and you pull it, the whole thing comes off. So in some ways, of course, these concepts are all related to each other. Absolutely. Yes. So trying to keep them very sharp and very clear at some point doesn't really work completely. And yet, I would say um, the the sense of, I think that the way, I think I want to highlight, I wanted to highlight the surrender and the letting go of the outcome. Um, It's... um, it's more, it's, it's kind of like, um, how should I put it? Um, it's, it's, hmm. it's the way that you're put, um, you you keep checking in. Um, I, I think there, it does relate to intention, but the intention is also like, um, it's, I guess it's the other side of the coin that I was talking like check out the mind, the mind that's meditating. What kind of mind? Is it the, the wanting mind? So there, in some ways, there are two different ways of checking the same thing. So in one way, it's actually actively um, putting in the intention to surrender and let go. So it's, it's kind of like offering that up. And the other one is more in terms of curiosity. What is your intention? What is, like, being... Uh, This other basket, the number eight, is more trying to learn about yourself. That's how I see it as what I'm offering. Like, try to learn about yourself, about how you're going about it. 
number se- the previous one is kind of an offering. Like I suggest you bring this in as a palette. And number eight is like, huh, can you learn more about yourself or your tendencies? Learn more because what the point I had, which I didn't finish is uh, no matter how much samadhi um, you cultivate, you're going to learn a lot about yourself with that sense of curiosity about the mind that is meditating and being curious about your intention and um, and your attitude, really questioning your attitude and intention, intention on an ongoing basis. Um, and you can learn a lot about patience, renunciation, and um, et cetera, et cetera. So I would like to pause here and give us a break. I've kind of like whew, dumped a lot. So so here's what I suggest. So let's see, it's 3.20. Let's do a 10-minute silent break, which could be walking, and that leaves us with sitting, walking. Okay, that's good. So so this is a period of, actually, let me tell you. Uh, let me see about this. 20, 20, 20. Maybe we'll do 20, 20, 20. Okay, let's do 20 minutes, actually. And let's do this, actually, so the next 20 minutes are going to be walking meditation, a formal walking. And then you'll come in for formal sitting, then we'll have another formal walking. So th- so now we're going to enter into our, I've unpacked, I've like thrown a lot at you, like things to kind of try on for size. So so for the next 20 minutes, so so anyone not familiar with walking meditation? Okay, great. I'll, I'll just briefly give you walking meditation instructions, which are actually going to be different for, for this practice anyway. So choose a path, 10, 20 steps. And for this practice, um, you're going to actually stay with your breath, not with your feet on the ground, which is usually what is taught in walking meditation. No. You're going to stay with your breath. Because breath is our object. Remember, serial monogamy, we're not going to leave it. Whether we're walking, sitting, going to the bathroom, whatever we're doing, we're staying with the breath. So for this practice, I suggest you kind of feel your whole the breath in your whole body. Not, not get too focused yet. Belly is okay, but just like, maybe even uh, having the rhythm of your breath uh, be with the same as the rhythm of your walking, just to make it a little easier. But you're staying with your breath. So take a few, uh, choose a few, choose this short path. Breathing, staying with your breath, staying with your breath. And then when you get to the end of the path, you stop, you turn around, and you reconnect with your intention to stay mindful of your breath, to stay aware of your breath until the end of the path. Okay? Any questions? So your gaze could be, maybe if you're finding your your mind is getting easily distracted, your gaze could be down. But if you feel like, yeah, it's pretty stable, <sighs> you can have a more open gaze, but stay with your breath. That's, you're staying with your breath. You're staying, it's like this precious orb. That's your breath. You're just like walking with it, and then you'll come back. So so when you come back in silence, please come back 
sit and go right into a, a meditation. I might say a few words, I may not, but we're going to do 20 minutes walking, 20 minutes sitting, 20 minutes walking. Okay? Any questions before we get into it? Yes. Yes, please. Okay? So, and, and this is going to be silent, so please. So, and the time is uh, 3.25, so we'll come back in 20 minutes, 3.45.
Seamlessly continuing your practice, moving from walking into sitting. Checking if your body is relaxed. Receiving the in-breath, receiving the out-breath. Receiving the in-breath. Receiving the out-breath. Joying. Just this in-breath, just this out-breath. Nowhere to go, nothing to do. Just sitting and breathing.
Taking care of this moment, trusting that the future will take care of itself.
you wish, you're invited to seamlessly transition into a 20-minute walking period followed by another 20-minute sitting. If you're used to sitting for an hour and you wish to just sit, you're welcome to do that also. It's your choice. If you like to walk, we'll be back at 4.30. And please remember, your breath, this precious orb moving through space, moving through space, receiving the breath as you're walking seamlessly. Make your transition into a meditation. Be back at 4.30.
Seamlessly continuing from sitting into a walking, back into sitting. Continuous period of practice. Receiving the breath, relaxing, receiving. Breath like a lullaby, calming, soothing. Just this in-breath. Just this out-breath. Letting the mind be undisturbed, sounds can come and go. There is a deeper seclusion of the mind, an offering up of distractibility. Unperturbed, undistracted, collected, calm, enjoying each and every breath, each in-breath and each out-breath.
What happens if you wear a smile while you're sitting and practicing? Experiment.
Fill in a moment. I invite you to receive the sound of the bell. As it arises and as it passes away. And notice if there is something, anything different about the state of your mind state of your perception. Do you receive? really enjoyed this period of practicing with you, sitting and walking. And you might, you may or may not, but you may find yourself in a state of not wanting to open your eyes or to talk or to engage right now. The mind might be a little more calm, steady than earlier today. She with a slow show of hands, who's feeling a little more calm and steady, more state of samadhi than earlier today. Yeah. So, I'd like to invite you, if it is possible for you tonight, to have time for yourself, really cherishing yourself taking care of yourself. And the practice of renunciation is not so much pushing away out of hatred, not liking the world or it's bad, but out of cherishing and loving yourself tonight. If it is possible for you to engage less, and if it's not possible, that's fine. But one way awareness and giving attention is defined is an expression of love. So can you... Express your own love for yourself internally tonight by by being more inward and see how it might bear fruit tomorrow as we continue the practice. As I promised today, this weekend is front-loaded. A lot more talking, a lot more instruction the first day, first morning, Tomorrow there will be a lot more practice time. I will share instructions about practicing with the Anapana spot, and I will talk about jhanas, but there will be a lot more space for you to explore what we've discussed today.
else do I want to say? And whatever, whatever is arising for you, and whatever level of settling of the mind, to appreciate it, to bow to it, to surrender to whatever is appropriate given the causes and conditions that you've come in with to this weekend. And I'd like to, um, especially if you have not spoken before, if you're called to, you're welcome to either ask a question now or comment about what you're observing about your state of mind or your practice. If there's something new for you, you would like to bring to the room. The mic is going to come your way slowly, slowly. Take your time. Take your time. I have a question actually related to what you were saying early in the day about the difference between Vipassana and Samatha and the idea of um, thoughts coming up. And in Vipassana, which I, I practice mostly, recognizing the thoughts and sometimes labeling them and then returning to the breath as opposed to what I heard you describing about samatha is not now. The same thoughts come up, but not now. Yes. I'm not seeing that much difference. Can you elaborate a little on that? Yeah. So the difference is a couple of things. One is the way that you describe the practice with vipassana, the thoughts come up, seeing them clearly, labeling them clearly. Ah, labeling them, right? So taking the time to see clearly what they are, see the pattern, and then in dry vipassana, you come back or you stay. You observe the pattern of the mind as it comes up, and even more. And and what really comes up there is seeing the nature of thoughts: oh, arising, passing, impermanence, etc. Right? Okay. The difference here is thoughts arise. You come back. You don't observe. You don't linger. You don't label. You don't observe their rising and passing. Ah, you come back. So it's the coming back that's the same. Everything else is different. Thank you. Clarifying questions? They are very welcome. So if you have observations about your practice, you're welcome to share them too.
Great. So, I will stay a few minutes. If there are any questions that you like to ask one-on-one, I'll stay. And also, if there um, anything that you need, somehow, if it would be supportive for you, what you need in terms of teachings that... Um, that I could support you in the community, you're welcome to come up and tell me, hey, this is what I'm needing also, and could you talk more about this or less that. Those are welcome also, because I want to make sure I hear what's in the room, and I may not be able to take care of every single person, but I'm going to try. So... So feel free to come up and speak to me afterwards if it would be helpful. And I'm feeling pretty chill right now, as you can hear in my voice. That was a nice period of long practice. And so let's uh, dedicate the merit of our practice together. Ah, May our efforts today, may may our sitting, our walking, our questioning, our listening... Our intentions, our wholehearted engagement today. May us being here today, engaging the best we were able to, whatever our best was today. May the goodness created with our intention, may that, may the goodness be shared with all beings everywhere. May it be cause and condition for happiness, joy, freedom of all beings everywhere. And all beings includes us. May all beings be happy. May all beings be free. Thank you for being here today and practicing together. See you tomorrow. If for some reason you can't be here tomorrow, please come up and let me know. I would appreciate it. See credits. Don't forget to sign in. Sign out. Sign out. <laughs>